Coming in hot, 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 Lisa shares her financial tips and strategies to build wealth, have fun with finances, and be debt-free without having a restrictive budget. From bankrupt to millionaire, Lisa knows what it's like to feel as if you're living paycheck to paycheck. Her unconventional money multiplier system is the very wealth protocol that enabled her to retire two and a half years early, pay down $100,000 of debt in six months, and move to her dream home at the beach. Hey, hey, welcome back to this episode of I Date Money. I'm your hostess, Lisa Drennan, and today we have an amazing guest with us. Anita Anello is a dynamic business owner, coach, and successful software executive with a passion for helping fellow women of faith achieve more time, money, and freedom in their entrepreneurial journey. Anita's remarkable story from a thriving corporate career to a fulfilling mission-driven business is an inspiring tale of transformation and empowerment. (laughs) How do you like that? I got all the words right except for one. (laughs) Awesome job, Lisa. Thank you. (laughs) Happy to be here. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. I I just love what you're doing and how um, you just kind of put that all together and transition and being in corporate, going to the entrepreneurial world, what was it like? And how was it for you with you and your, your finances? Like, it's kind of scary or did you kind of do it simultaneously? Um, I would say parts of it were super exciting. So just quick version of this. So I was a software executive for a a global software company, Uh, loved what I did for so many years, but I had a, a tug on my heart. God had really kind of put a tug on my heart for me to be able to homeschool our kids full time. And so that took a process I had in my career. I did really well for myself. I had, you know, like the title, the money, the accolades, but I noticed to war, I got to a spot at around probably about 42, 43 years old, where I kind of felt like I'd climbed the ladder, got to the spot. I almost felt like I was choked out, Lisa. I mean, I was like, is this it? This can't be it. I mean, I distinctly remember that feeling of I have all these things going on, but I am not happy. And so in the midst of that, we had started homeschooling our younger kids. And I really, like I said, I had a heart to be able to stay home with them full time. So we started our homeschooling journey when I was working in the corporate world full time and had a lot of help along the way. Um, We also use some great tools like we use Financial Peace University So financially wise, when it came time for me to retire early and stay home with the kids full time and leave like the big salary and all the perks and all that great stuff, um, I felt like we were financially ready. Like we had our plan mapped up. We had we had no debt to speak of. We had um, we had, you know. Uh, So money in the bank, a plan on what to do. And then I had an opportunity really to um, retire early and come home and stay with the kids full time. And then, you know, you kind of get it gets a little bit real because my income was probably about three times of what my husband's income was. And so that was a huge shift for our household. Um, But we because we had used the tools like from Dave Ramsey, we knew pretty quickly how to switch from like all of our wants to our needs. And so we adjusted our budget and then shifted our household. And 
honestly, for us, like our our journey was, it was exciting. <laughs> I would call it an adventure now. It didn't always feel like that in the moment, just to be really real about it. There were lots of times where um, I had, I felt like my security was in my income or the money, the amount of money that I had in the bank or stuff like that. And as God was kind of unwinding that for me and settling me down, I really just had to walk through a lot of um, you know, a lot of highs and a lot of lows of like reorienting myself to what my priorities really were. Because in that season of my life, my priorities really genuinely were, I want to be able to raise my own kids intentionally and I want to have a healthy marriage. And for me, the corporate, like there was, there wasn't an easy way to do all of that and be a corporate executive at the same time, because the amount of time that I, it was required that I give to an employer in those days. Yeah. And being able to make that transition and having that plan set up, that's amazing because most people wouldn't have had a plan and they would have been like, oh, no, we, we can't do it. And would have just been fearful because to give up triple the amount of money and knowing that you were the major breadwinner. Like, yeah. You did it for a wonderful reason. I mean, staying home with your kids is such a beautiful reason. Yeah. When you think about the stories that you told yourself during that time, what came up for you the most? the money stories, mostly fear. Yeah. Mostly fear-based stories that there wouldn't be enough. So there was a lot of fear and worry for me for a really, really long time. And I was fully retired from the software industry for, oh gosh, almost 10 years. Um, as my kids got a little bit older, I kind of had a stirring to do something a little bit different. We can talk about that in a little bit, but most of, most of the, foundational stuff was all based on fear and which, you know, practically I'd have older women like pour into my life and say like, Anita, don't worry. Like you've got a plan. God's going to take care of this. Like they, they try to, they'd hit a lot of things at the logical spot, which would hit my brain, but my heart, my heart would be freaking out and, mm -hmm. and things would happen. And so what was interesting in that journey, like my husband, Vince and I would look at each other and we'd have things that would happen kind of out of the blue from like the plan to the unplanned all the way to the miraculous, because, you know, sometimes like you map out your plan and then life hits you like across the side of the head and be like, oh yeah, your plan, <laughs> we're not going with your plan. We're doing something else. And so there were definitely those times where that journey of walking that out, the commitment to intentionally homeschool our kids, it was tested all of the time, not just financially. We were always tested in a lot of different ways. But for me, the finances, um, they that was like the the an old wound that it just kept poking at over and over and over again. And so it was it was pretty scary in some ways. Um, it was also super liberating in some ways. I mean, there was I kind of always had like this range of emotion that was going on of like, this is exciting. I finally get to do this. I'm so grateful I get to do this and terrified all at the same time. So I kind of actually thrive in those environments. So that, that, that's good for me. But um, yeah, I think that's probably the biggest thing is there just was that undercurrent of worry and fear for a long, long time. Yeah. When you think about that, I mean, fear has such a strong impact on us, you know, mm -hmm. I mean, when you think of fear, we freeze. And it's like, no, I'm not doing this. And 
a lot of times we know it's the right thing to do. And, but yet we don't take that risk. I know I retired from my career two and a half years early. And my husband was like, are you sure this is the right thing to do? And, and I, you know, what are you going to do now? You're just so young. And <laughs> I'm like, it'll work out. It'll be fine. Yeah. And I, I get to like, you know, I'm in a retirement community and my, I go golfing and my neighbors will say, oh, well, you, you're, you still work, right? I'm like, no, I, what I do is work. <laughs> when, yeah. you, when you leave corporate and you come and you come do what we're doing, it's fun and it's yeah. exciting. There's, there's no work involved. What made you decide? I mean, software, that's huge to have that gift to be able to work in an industry. I'm not a tech person. So when you say software, I'm like, oh, I, all I see is like, you know, it's like the Charlie Brown, you know, um, <laughs> where the teacher just, rah, rah, rah. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'm, I, I make it an effort to learn something new every day. And I, uh, I've been focusing on, you know, mastering tech with like Zoom and active campaign and creating all these things and mm-hmm. three weeks now. And I'm like, every single time I go near it, I learn something new. So what made you transition from the software into being a business coach? So I had in this, in the software space, I have a very specialized, um, what I call specialized knowledge. I have a skill set that made me really good at my career. And so um, a couple of things happened. When I decided to go back to work, one thing I knew I wasn't going to go back to the corporate space because of the requirement on the hours. And we're still schooling, homeschooling our kids. And so I wasn't going to give that up. Um, So I dabbled in a couple of different businesses. I tried an Amazon business. I, I tried a couple of things. Wasn't really the best fit. But what I did stumble upon is that as a coach... I realized a lot of what I was doing in my previous career was really coaching software clients. Now, my specialized knowledge is for big software projects that are usually um, over time, over budget, and on the verge of lawsuit. And so as I went back and cultivated clients in that space, I started realizing like, you know, I can help other women do this because one thing that I noticed, Lisa, especially as I was raising my kids, there's this tension of working women and working moms of like, I want to do something different, but I'm kind of stuck doing this thing. And it might be stuck doing something that you're really good at and maybe you like, but you're, but you also have a desire. Like that's the audience I serve. It's those successful corporate women of faith that want to really start their own business so that they would have more time and money freedom. And that's where I was at. It was it was realizing like, I'm not willing to give up this. I'm not willing to trade my kids for dollars, number one. And I'm not willing to say that the only way that I can be successful is if I go down this path that says I have to work a um, I mean, honestly, for me in my career, like an, a 40 hour work week was part time for me. I mean, in some seasons, we were doing way more than that because I ran teams and traveled and all that kind of stuff. I just was not willing to trade my kids for some of those same things that I I did when I was single. And so that really caused me to go on a journey and figure out like, where's that right cross section for me to do something that I really love and that I know that I'm good at and I can help other people do at the same time. Because I love to serve people. I love to serve my clients. I love to serve my audience. I love to be in a spot where I can go to my clients and say, hey, I'm doing this too. Like I I still have clients that I work on in the software industry, but then also clients in the coach, purely in the coaching space. And so 
it's just fun for me. It's fun to have that interaction. Um, not the inter- the, the cross section for me that like brings those pieces together in a completely different way than I had ever really anticipated. Yeah. I love that. And creating it like so many coaches will come into the online space and try to coach something that they don't have a result in mm. and how you were able to transfer your knowledge with the software and say, well, wait a minute, I, I get to do it this way. And yeah. we sometimes wouldn't even recognize the skill sets that we have from our past experience. We just get all caught up in the shiny objects and this and that. And a lot of entrepreneurs listening are at that plateau where they've had these templates or, you know, they're not doing the work. <laughs> mm. They're they're investing in all these different, you know, retreats and workshops and masterclasses and all the things. And yet they can't seem to get to the next level. You know, Mm -hmm. we all, and I'm sure you've experienced this as well. We raise the bar. So as soon as we accomplish something, that bar gets raised. And then we're like, why can I do this the right way? Mm -hmm. What has been your experience with that? So my experience was a couple of things. When I entered into the online space, um, there's almost like two elements there that I want to talk about. When I entered in the online space, I would see these different like different gurus we'll call them that will say you know you can make a million dollars overnight or something like that and be like oh my gosh well so here's the thing let me just be honest we'll be totally transparent here lisa for all of your audience when it comes to overnight success it's usually years in the making because while the revenue it may like hockey stick up and i totally honor that like that totally happens except for the fact that it took a lot of years to be able to get there. It's not the overnight success. So that's one thing that I started hearing and it it really bothered me. Like I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to repeat that as well. Um, And so then as I was looking at um, coaching, I, I wanted to find, this is what I love helping women do is do you know, like at our age, right? If you're, I'll put it this way. If you're beyond 20 years old, you're probably good at lots and lots and lots of things, like maybe hundreds of things, mm-hmm. right? If you've had any time in, in the work world, like you're probably good at all these things. But the deal is like, how do we narrow that? I always see it at like a funnel. How do we narrow that funnel down so that you can figure out like the one or two or maybe three things that you're not only an expert at and you love and you could do no matter what. That's a hard process because some sometimes we go around and go, well, I don't know, Anita, I'm good at all these things. And maybe I'll build a business around something. Or like what you just said is, I don't know, you're good at this, Lisa. Maybe I'll just do exactly what you do. But that's not really how we're made. Like we're made to walk out the intricacies of our own personalities and take, I'm designed to take my experience and the way that God has made me, that's the framework that I'm going to put it in. If somebody doesn't have that same framework, that's totally fine, by the way. But for me, it's this framework of God's made me in the way that I am, the the experiences that I've had, the personality that I had, the ups and the downs, the trials, all that come together. So it's my job to like, take that cross section and do something with it. And that's where my heart really sings, right? Because what you just talked about, Lisa, is it's so common. Well, we'll just say, well, I'll just use somebody's template and I'll go and do the exact same thing. And then they realize, I don't really like this. Or mm-hmm. it, I just made myself, sometimes it's they make themselves another job, right? If they have the employee mindset instead of an entrepreneur mindset, 
they might just go and create themselves another job and they don't they don't even realize it. They call themselves a business owner, but they're not because of the way that they're operating in their mindset. And then there's really, when it comes to like money and building wealth, like we don't build wealth as employees. Mm-hmm. We build wealth when we're entrepreneurs. We build wealth when we can create new things. We build wealth when we can multiply the effort that we already have the ability to do in lots of different ways. And that's where it gets exciting, right? Like that's what I love. I love to be able to take those those kind of core ideas and then multiply and do something so different. The other thing that I love about that is then even if you and I did the exact same thing, Lisa, you and I are never competitors. Right. Because I cannot replace your voice or your mind or your ideas or your experiences, nor can you replace mine. So then all of a sudden the whole that whole um concept of like um everybody's my competitor, the, all that dissipates. And now I'm just free to be me. And then it gets more exciting, right? (laughs) So, yeah. And I always say there is no competition. It's Mm -hmm. just, we're always, the only person you should be competing against is yourself, you know, and what can you deliver and how can you deliver and what can you improve on? Because we are designed by God for greatness and a purpose. And we all have these beautiful gifts and talents to use specifically. And we've had the experiences like no one else has experienced anything, Mm -hmm. you know, that, that unique thing and the modalities that we use to help us create the shortcut. Like I always say, like when you work with a coach or a mentor, um, you're always learning that they're, they're giving you the shortcuts. So they mm-hmm. went the hard road and it took years and years to get to where they were. And now like created the shortcut and it's like, okay, does this shortcut work for you? And my one coach says, all programs work, but do they work for you? Oh Yeah. And- how much work are you putting into it? Because I, I work with a lot of coaches who, you know, are connected with business coaches, marketing coaches, you know, branding coaches, all that. And like, well, this isn't working. Okay, well, why? And I always <laughs> would be focused on grows, right? So if yeah. you're focusing, and I needed to be reminded of that today, because I, I had a little issue myself. And it's like, I literally just said that to my client. And now my coach is saying it to me. <laughs> yeah, We get in our own way. The, yes. Our, our most powerful tool. And, um, you know, I, I used to say when um, I was, um, I used to be a woman's ministry leader and I used to, you know, we talk about the Bible verse about captivating your thoughts and making them obedient to, to Christ. And people would be like, well, what does it mean to captivate your thoughts? And I'm like, well, you think about what you're thinking. And mm-hmm. it was such a different concept because we're so impulsive, you know, mm-hmm. this thought, and then we just do all these things automatically and we don't even understand it. But a lot of us, you know, especially growing up, we're kind of squashed. Like when I grew up in the seventies, it was children should be seen and not heard. Mm-hmm. So if you had an idea you were, or you talk too much, like I love to ask the question why I would get shut down mm-hmm. and you start to lose who you are. Mm-hmm. When we think about that with finances, we tend to subconsciously just automatically do what our family did. So what is something that you notice carried on traditionally through that generational, I like to call it the generational curse. What did your family teach you about finances that you had to unlearn? So much, probably the biggest one is that there was never enough. Mm -hmm. There was never enough, no matter how much you had there, it was, there was always lack, always the lack mentality. Um, I have one family member who kind of, um, 
did a double dip and and that person would have the lack mentality and the victim mentality on top of each other. So um, I don't I don't really swim around in the victim thing. That's that's not my thing, but definitely lack, which is ironic because if I look at, you know, yeah, I've, if I look at like where my family was and what we had or, or my grandparents, like, you know, there just was abundance all around us. And so in our household, what we're always talking about with, you know, my husband and I and with our kids is there's abundance all around us. It's just, am I going to choose to see that it's actually there, you know? Yeah. And that that's what it boils down to, right? You're absolutely right. What we focus on or what I train my eyes to see, then it's going to be there. If Sorry. If I see that there are no clients. If I think there's no clients, then there's not going to be any clients. If I think something's going to be hard, then it's probably going to be super hard. It's not that work isn't hard or any of those kinds of things. Like it's good for us to to work hard and do those, um, you know, to to go after these goals that we have. But um, that yeah, that lack mentality was probably was probably the biggest uh, mental hurdle to get over in my career, because even you can have a whole bunch of stuff around you, you can have abundance around you and you can still feel like it's not enough. You can, you can be surrounded by people and still feel lonely. Like, you know what I mean? That there's so many different ways that it can work itself out. Yeah. I, well said. I loved, I loved how you um, put that together and explain that because it's so true. And I've been in finance and insurance since 1987 and worked with thousands and thousands of people. And they all, regardless of their, you know, mm-hmm. wealth status, whether they're poor, the poorest of the poor, or the wealthiest, they all felt like there isn't enough, like will mm-hmm. there be enough? And especially people in their retirement years, which is a large part of my clientele. Um, with, I have two businesses and I was like, they don't even want to invest in themselves. And it's like, you're not going to live forever. <laughs> like, what what is what is the purpose of all this money that you have saved, that you worked your whole entire life and saved? You know, you have this wonderful business um, and, you know, you don't have an exit plan. Like, what is the intent behind what you're doing? And when, when do you get to say, okay, I'm going to just kind of step back and enjoy and, you know, let that the family members, or maybe I sell it or, or what, or maybe I go travel with my wife or what have you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that constant worry of there's not enough. There's not enough. What did you do to overcome it? So I, I did a couple of things. Um, I hired a coach because that was super helpful for me to see where my own blind spots were. Mm-hmm. And as he systematically walked me through these things over and over, he would always say like, Anita, the running the bit like the logistics of running a business and building a business are actually super easy. It's a lot of the head and the heart stuff that's harder. And so we spent time like unpacking some of that stuff. I also spent more time just for me, I spent more time reflectively in God's word and in prayer to be able to have wisdom to say, okay, how do I undo some of these things and then go and walk in the things that we have? Uh, We also have in our, so I'm um, based in the Austin area, Austin, Texas, and our church does a incredible study um, called, it's a freedom curriculum. And that was also super helpful for a lot of other areas. But I mean, I think when we get freedom in one area, it just opens up the door to get freedom in other areas. And so 
it's kind of this conversation that I'm always having in my mind. Um, the other thing that was super helpful is I would talk about it with my family. Mm-hmm. So I'd say like, Hey, to my husband and our kids, like, this is what I'm walking through. This is what I'm learning. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I, it's not, might not be something that you're struggling with, but this is what I'm struggling with. Can you guys help me? Can you, can we talk about it? Can you pray for me? And as just little by little, lot by lot, like it's almost like you, um, it's like you're wearing too many clothes and the layers just kind of kept coming off and off and off. And the more I walk in that, the more freedom I have and the more I can show up and meet new people and have a smile on my face and have joy, regardless of what the circumstantial stuff looks like, because I'm I'm free. Like I'm actually free to be able to go and do the things that God has for me. And that doesn't really have anything to do with a dollar amount in my bank account. Because mm-hmm. I can be in total bondage and have $10 or $10 billion. Like there's there's no, we you know already, and you talked about this with your client. I can remember my grandparents would always say things like, well, we're saving. Then they were, they were multimillionaires at their death. Like, well, we're saving for a rainy day. And I'd look at my grandma, I'd be like, you guys are both sick and you need in-home care. It's raining. Look at me all funny. And I was like, no, it's raining. Like, this is why you saved all this money so that you could care for yourselves and your family the way that you wanted to. And Mm -hmm. at first she didn't like that at all. And then all of a sudden it kind of clicked and she's like, oh, you're right. Okay, let's go. Let's go do something. But it was interesting watching even her um, in her generation, like being willing to, to like snap out of that and do something different. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that it, it is, it's mindset is the crux of all that we do. Right. And we get these thoughts ingrained in our brain, deep into our subconscious that says, oh, you, you save your money. Don't spend it. You know, cause what defines a rainy day? Yeah. You know, one of the things I have my clients do is create money buckets, you know, goals that they have and giving their, you know, just like Dave Ramsey says, giving every dollar a job. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a purpose for the money that you have. It's going to sit idle and you're not going to be a good steward with those, with that money, if you have no idea what it's supposed to be doing for you. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of resistance to, you know, dating money. (laughs) We sit down with money once a week and we look at our financials and we celebrate and we give thanks and, you know, we do our our tithing and it's like, oh, I don't want to do that. And right now there's a, I have a monthly crush on debt membership group. And this morning we did a uh, I'm a certified aromatherapy practitioner. We did a, a breath session where we focused on holiday shopping. Mm. You know, their whole goal is to pay off credit cards, right? But then they keep using them. I'm like, well, yeah, you use them. And why are, why do you have why do you want to use them? You have a money bucket for holiday shopping. We created this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, this is one of your money buckets. But there's there's this pull like, oh, I don't want to spend that cash. But it's for this and that changing that thought pattern is the most challenging thing to do. And it isn't hard. It's very simple. What's challenging is the thoughts that we have. And most of us don't want to sit with them and say, okay, why do I think this way? And I liked how you had said, like, you know, whatever you think is going to happen, right? So when you think about that, whatever you're looking at and saying, okay, I'm not going to have any money. I'm not going to have any clients. Of course you're not, because that's what you're focusing on. Mm-hmm. But what if you focus on, I have an abundance of clients. My calendar is full and I get to work with my best client. And, you know, my one-to-one slots are fully booked for two years out. Yeah. 
what, why can't we talk to ourselves like that? Right. right. So as a business coach, what do you say to your clients? Oh gosh, we talk about that a lot because so much of, like I said earlier, so much of the hurdles that we have are undoing those I can't statements and figuring out how can we do something. Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to see things where somebody has a problem right in front of them. The, just the way that my mind works, there's always like, a, I just kind of see it from a completely different angle and I'm able to come at the situation um from the sides and really solve a problem and provide a solution with wisdom um, in a way that just makes sense and gives somebody a path forward. And I can map out a whole path to implementation. And so a lot of times I'm doing that. We're identifying the problem and then we're figuring out an alternate solution. And then we're just mapping out the steps because that's something I'm super good at and and with wisdom, right? We don't want to go so far in one direction and just kind of I don't know, like I, I, one of my core values values is that we walk with integrity and we walk with wisdom. So we're doing things purposefully in our business, in our, in our relationships with our money. Cause let me just say like what Lisa just said is amazing. Tune into that. Some of the most fun you can have is going on a paid for vacation. That's already paid for upfront. Let me just tell you that. Um, some of the most fun that you can have is I've got things taken care of and I'm giving generously. Like that's what money is for. That's what it's designed for so that we can enjoy it, not hoard it, but enjoy it with open hands, take care of all of our wants and our needs in our household. Um, I think, yeah, there, well, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I had another thought on that, but we can, we can come back to that one later. Um, yeah. So a lot of times with my clients, Lisa, it's, it's being able to find a, an alternate path that they couldn't, they basically help them get unstuck. They mm-hmm. couldn't see a path forward. They were get, doing a lot of, I can't, I won't, I don't, I this, I that, that kind of stuff and helping them to see what is possible and then encouraging them along the way. Because, you know, when you hire a coach, you're not hiring somebody to do stuff for you. You're right. hiring somebody to help you overcome your own nonsense that's what I call it, so that you can go and walk in the things that you're supposed to because you really want to do the walking part. You don't want somebody to um, just do it for you. You don't want somebody like the, you know, the clients I love to work with are the ones that are say, Anita, I'm ready and willing to invest in myself and invest in you so that I can do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's my sweet spot. It's those ladies who are like, yeah, I'm successful over here cuz here's what I here's what I see sometimes. Sometimes this is my opinion in the American church in particular, we see somebody who's been super successful and we will tell her things like, "Well, why don't you go start a ministry around that?" And then there's like these follow-on conversations that say, "But then there's no money in being able to do ministry." Lisa like I don't know about you. Like when I read my, when I read my Bible there, it's always talking about I'm in ministry wherever I go. Mm -hmm. I'm already disciple. I'm already, I'm already helping others. I'm already doing all these things. And so this idea that somehow I'd have to give up the success to go and work in ministry over here and that there's no financial provision for that. Like, I just don't, I think that's total fallacy by the way. So Um, and I, I, I love like knocking that lie down because I was like, all right, let's, ta- let's, let's tackle that one again today, because I believe that, that God's made us to thrive in all areas of our life. 
So while it might be challenging and it might be hard and there might be times where it's not great, I also believe that everything that we have is available for us and to be able to do the things that God's called us to do and that there's more freedom in that. And that actually includes going after business in a format that says I can serve my clients and that's my ministry and I can go and do like in my business, right? I took that specialized knowledge and I work a quarter of what I used to work and I make three times as much and I love what I do. Like, I, I feel like it's such a simple recipe. Why can't we all do that? Why do we have to work eight, 40 or 80 hours a week for anybody else? Why can't we? I don't know. That's just me. I, I, I think that that's what's available to all of us. And so those ladies where all of a sudden you're kind of like, oh, is that possible? Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes it's helping people, don't you know, like when we first start coaching people, sometimes it's helping them just see, hey, do you even know it's possible? Like, Mm -hmm. you're amazing. I love what you do. We just met. We started getting chatting about what you do and the way that you serve your, your audience, your clients, your ministry. Like, you're spectacular, Lisa. I love, I love you. I love what you're doing. And so to be able to champion you, like that's what we should be doing for one another, not Mm -hmm. pushing others down and saying, you can't, you can't do that. Like the worst thing that you could do, I think it's probably the worst thing for me. The worst thing that somebody could tell me is I would be in a job and I'd be super successful, but I'd feel like I'd suck. And somebody would feel like, like the life is getting sucked out of me and the job sucks. And somebody would come to me and say, you can't quit. Like that's, that's one of the, that's like for my personality style, that's some of the worst language you can use for me because all of a sudden, like the fighter in me kicks up and I'd be like, watch me. And then I'm really, <laughs> really going to go like crazy. Then we're really going to figure this out um, because those are like sparring words for me. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just got a flashback from when I was working. Um at my career. And there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, you know, you would have an idea and Mm -hmm. management would not even entertain it. They'd give you 10 reasons why it wouldn't work and would never (laughs) even consider one reason why it would work. And it used to frustrate me so much. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of my coworkers that, um, you know, I still connect with, they want to retire and they have like 30 years to go. (laughs) And it's like, well, you know, you could do something else, but that fear of leaving the security, the benefits, especially the ones with, you know, little kids at home, there's a lot of fear. And I, I I do see it transitioning, but sometimes, you know, there's something for everybody. And sometimes they just, you know, they're where they're supposed to be serving how they're supposed to serve, but yeah, focus on the good that, does come from working the nine to five, you know, and I know in the last, well, since COVID, we really transitioned into, I want to work from home. I want to be my own boss and Mm -hmm. definitely pros and cons of both. You know, you're either trading time or, you know, for money or money for time, like, which is it, but having that balance. And, you know, when you love what you do, it becomes easy and you do generate more income and because you're using your gifts and talents mm-hmm. and you're just being blessed by that. And it's creating yeah. this typical energy of giving and receiving. It's just being the best steward possible. So I like um, your, you know, the links that you have provided that we'll be including in the show notes. Talk mm-hmm. about ripple effect. What is this? Tell us more about the ripple effect. 
So when I created my company in 2018, I just had this picture that I would be able to go out and touch the lives of 100,000 women, and that would affect a million families. Hmm. And it's going to bring tears to my eyes because this is kind of how I always see it. I feel like as moms and wives, everything we do every day has such a ripple effect on our families and our friends and our communities and our social networks. Um, And so when we're able to shift to do something that really is more, uh, it like gives the opportunity to cultivate that God-sized idea of a dream that you have for a business inside of you. I just, I just see it always going out. It goes out like a ripple effect and um, it goes out in the way that we use it as a verb, right? Not as a noun and being able to say, we're going to do something. I'm going to do something different so that I can affect other people around me. So we always say in our household, like, well, you'll hear the phrase ripple effect all the time. And so we'll look at each other and be like, ah, another ripple effect. Here we go again. (laughs) Because it's like those concentric circles when you throw a rock Mm -hmm. and a pebble into a little lake, the rings just keep going out and out and out. So that's the picture that, that, um, that I see in this business is being able to help that many women so that they can affect the the areas of influence that they have. And it just, it so humbles my heart to see what's possible when we really step into the things that we, we step in with courage. We step into the things that we want to do. We, we really tap into those deep desires that are within us. I mean, I talk to clients who are like, you know, I had this idea since I was a little girl that I really always wanted to do this. And it's like, you're 55 years old. Are you kidding me? Come on, like, let's figure this out for you, (laughs) right? Um, So yeah, I just, I love that. I love being able to help to watch people like wake up to their dreams and then the way that it shifts everything else in their life. It's just, it's such, it's such an honor to be able to walk people through that process. It really is. Yeah, and it is. It does create such a beautiful ripple effect, and the lives and the difference that you'll be making when people say yes to invest in themselves, to invest in you, to get the tools that they need. I love that. What's your best financial tip that you've received that you can share with the audience? I think it's. I think it's create a plan so that you can have steps to follow to walk forward. Right. We had a medical crisis, like an emergency last year that caused us to have some extra uh, financial debt in our household, which was not normally our thing. I'm not saying debt is good or bad. It doesn't, I don't worry about it one way or the other. But to take that and then four and a half months later have paid off $75,000 plus in debt and medical debt for one of my family members being. Um, hospitalized in an emergency situation that took a plan. It wasn't willy nilly. It wasn't any, it was a specific plan that we had already been practicing for a lot of years. So we had the discipline and the plan in place to be able to, even when tragedy hit us, even when the trial came, um, even with not being able to pay all for all of it right up front, we had a plan to be able to get out of it quickly and thrive quickly and come out on the other end and be like, okay, we can take a breath of fresh air. Because Mm -hmm. how many times do we get ourselves stuck financially 
and we maybe we don't realize it maybe don't we don't realize how big of a hole we've dug and and again no shame in any of that that things really happen like medical crises happen all the time um but being able to get out of that quickly so we can get back into the thriving i think that's so important um so that we can we can heal like mm-hmm. for this one family member that had to walk through the stuff like they needed the time to heal after the medical crisis without the burden of all the other stuff. Right. And so being able for me to be able to take care of that through the business that I have, I mean, I was like, okay, we've got this. Don't worry. You go do the things you got to do. I'm going to go take care of things over here. So it's really, that's a, that's a more elaborate way to say we had a plan and we stuck with the plan. So here's the thing about plans. Let me just like, maybe for some of your audience members, plans are not sexy, but they're so effective. (laughs) So by the way, like saving is sexy, like go do it anyway. <laughs> it's because it actually is. Plans are sexy. It doesn't feel like yeah. it when if you're in the mode of like, I'm having to discipline myself to do the thing to save or, or pay off debt or whatever. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like it right then and there, but it is, it is super sexy on the other end to have, have the, um, just have the freedom to go and do the things that you're supposed to do next. Yeah. Creating those money buckets. Mm-hmm. Wealth activation roadmap is how I like to say it. We don't awesome. like to budget, but we love our wealth activation roadmap where we get to create money buckets and give every dollar a job so that we are prepared for things when they come up. And if there's a hiccup, we have the foundation in place and we can we can manage that. So yeah, thank you so much, Anita, for sharing your story and what you're doing and all the beautiful things. Your tip was wonderful. And for those of you listening, please check the show notes. If you're looking for a blueprint, there's a freebie that Anita is sharing. Please download it. Uh, check out her podcast as well and book a call with her. If you feel like she's someone that you'd like to connect with, if you want to get to that next level in your business, changing those thoughts. And remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make. It's what you do with it. Hey, 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 thanks for tuning into the show. Give us a five-star review and share it with your friends. Get ready to activate wealth. Be the next millionaire with a simple adjustment of your finances using an energetically aligned money multiplier system. You get to build wealth by partnering with money. It's time to have fun with finances. Pick a date. The link is in the show notes to book your wealth activation call where you will get the one solution to multiply your money. Remember, it doesn't matter how much money you make, it's what you do with it.